Welcome to episode number 107 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, I talk with Jeff Sandstrom, who runs production, front of house, um, all the important technical stuff for Chris Tomlin and a bunch of other guys. He's also going to be at Sweetwater at an event they call Worship Connect. And surprise, we're going to be there too. Um, I would love to meet you there myself, Chris Bellamy, Brian Campbell. Some of our main guys are going to be there doing some sessions aimed at local worship leaders. So if you're anywhere near Sweetwater... Uh, you're going to want to come out. You can get all the details by hitting the event tab up on our site. Um, but for now, we're going to jump right in with the conversation with Jeff. Here we go. Our fifth uh, event of the month of July called Worship Night in America. Uh, we started we started in L.A. Uh, at the Forum at the beginning of the month and then moved to uh, Denver, Chicago, Miami, and then finished in New York. Uh, a week ago Saturday at Madison Square Garden, and uh, all five events were great. I mean, they were big arenas in each city, so it was the the major arena in each in each town. And um, it was Chris Tomlin and his band with other worship leaders who kind of led throughout the night. So it was the same band the whole time with uh, five or six people down hmm. on the fr- on the front line of the stage. Sure. just leading uh, their own songs. And so it wasn't like a typical uh, conference or festival where you'd have, you know, changeovers between bands and full setups and MCs and all that. It was just one kind of flow sure. throughout the night. So it was uh, Chris with Matt Redman, Matt Marr, Phil Wickham, Kim Walker-Smith. Um, and it was just a great experience. And then interspersed throughout the night, uh, Max Lucado did a, uh, a 20-minute talk, and then later in the night, Louis Giglio led uh, a prayer time. So it was basically an evening of worship and prayer mm-hmm. um, for for the local city, for the local churches, but then also for for our country. And it was just amazing to see people from you know all different streams of the church coming together under one name, under one banner to you know to worship and pray together. Yeah. Uh, it was a an awesome way to. To end the summer run so it was uh it was a, a real highlight yeah that sounds awesome so from i mean maybe to get on more of a technical side like what what were you running around doing for that whole thing yeah so we um we we treated it like a tour so for each of those five stops during the month uh we were carrying all of our own audio video and lighting so for my so it was three trucks um and so for the audio portion, uh, we carried uh, full PA, so we use uh, Mid America Sound out of Indianapolis, um, and they provided uh, L Acoustics K1 for the mains sure. and Cara for the downfills and sidefills. And so we had um, for the biggest configuration, we had 14 K1 over four Cara, and then 15 on the sides for side fills mm-hmm. with SB 28 subs. And then all of our consoles are Digico. So we had an SD five at monitors and an SD 10 <clears throat> at front of house that were connected via fiber. So, um, the SD rack, uh, for the A to D conversion all lived at monitor world. And then we connected the two consoles via fiber and shared gain uh, from monitor world. So our input gain was set at the monitor position. And then, um, I would just kind of take his gain settings for front of house. Um, and then I had, we both had, uh, waves 
extreme servers for plugins as well. So sure. um, had the opportunity to um, have all the plugin horsepower that I needed as well as <laughs> the great console that, that Digico provides. So it was an awesome setup. Um, we, we went basically 96K straight out of the SD rack into the amplifiers. And so we were 96K through the whole signal chain. And uh, that that was a change for us in 2015, making the move to Digico. We were able to to up the uh, up the sample rate and uh, really kind of give a full, um, you know, most people can't tell the difference, but sure. over the years, I really feel like there is a there's a little more air on top and a little more um, just a little more clarity, particularly in the top end and at lower volumes. I think it really really makes a difference. And uh, the great thing about the L Acoustics products for me is, you know, when, when you step on the gas and you push things a little harder and it gets louder, it doesn't ever really get to the point of, oh man, that's too much or that hurts. It really just gets bigger and fuller. And, you know, the, those K1, you know, because it's a 15 inch driver in those boxes, you know, there's so much low end in the mains that I'm not having to rely on the subs for all of the low end. There's mm-hmm. so much body throughout the system that even in the back of the room, you still get a lot of punch and a lot of um, low mid, especially clarity because those boxes just perform so well um, throughout the full range of the spectrum. So mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a great product. And it, it's for me, I feel like it's almost like cheating. I mean, I, it's, you know, turn it on and turn it up and you're, you're more than halfway there. So, mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, I can't say enough good things about the system. Sure. You know, with, with mid America, we've got one of the best front of house techs in, in the industry. And so, um, Kyle Sperling does a great job of, you know, making it sound neutral for me from day to day. So he's, he's accounting for all the differences in, you know, environmental room anomalies and things like that. So, so that when I open up my file, you know, it's really consistent from day to day. So I can just kind of make a few adjustments and be ready to go. So it's a great team and a lot of people, but we're all working together to really, you know, satisfy Chris's vision, which, which is really important. I think in that, that's, that's a big thing that I think can translate to the local church is, you know, we as a team understand where Chris is trying to take people in the course of a, of a concert. So, um, you know, in the local church, whether it's the senior pastor or the worship leader or the tech team, you know, sometimes we, we get a little bit siloed in those roles and mm-hmm. we each have our own idea of what the bullseye and the target is. And we don't always have a great picture of what our collective vision should be. And I think that's what gets us in trouble sometimes. And so sure. I would say to a church guy, you know, let's, Let's get around a table with each of those categories of leadership to go, okay, whether it's for this Sunday or this sermon series or this quarter, you know, what, what, where are we trying to take people and so that we can partner with each other and get on the same page so that, you know, translating from what I do with Chris, you know, I know that he, you know, the big win for him is if he can, you know, start the chorus of a song, back off the mic and just let the audience take it. And they, they're not experiencing a performance they're experiencing worshiping together and so for me you know if i can look down the aisle and find that guy who's kind of starts the night with his 
you know, his brow furrowed and his arms <laughs> crossed and not singing. And you know, maybe his wife dragged him there. Sure. And, you know, by the end of the night, he's, you know, hands up, singing along, engaged. Sure. You know, I know that I've done a great job of helping Chris take that person on a journey. And yeah. so, you know, I think there is a there is a parallel to church world to, you know, so much so much of the time we get caught up in the task that we're doing that we sometimes lose sight of maybe a bigger picture. So I just I encourage guys, you know, lift up your head, look around, mm-hmm. you know, notice notice what's happening in the environment. Yeah, it it might sound great, but are you really cheering for your worship leader? Are you really on the same page with them, you know, on this from the booth to the stage team? Have you built relational bridges so that, you know, we can be partners in this and you know, we're not just doing a job. We're not just twisting knobs and pushing faders, but we're really helping to lead worship. We're we're worship leaders just like the guy with the microphone is. Sure. And how you know how much we can partner in that is really gonna determine the overall success. Yeah. I'd love to pick your brain on you were saying like so somebody comes in and they're not participating at the beginning and you're helping support getting them to participate. Like how do you do that from not being on the stage? Well, I think you know, I think with any technology, whether it's audio, lighting or video, I think the the first the first thing is to not be a distraction. You know, we we want technology to enhance what we're doing. We don't ever want to be distracting. And so what can we do to just uh, tell a story and take people on a journey and try to engage emotionally. So, you know, obviously it's simple things like, you know, uh, doing what you can. If even if you're inexperienced, you know, learn learn whatever you can to avoid feedback and sure. you know, doing whatever you can not to miss a cue and you know, uh, things as seemingly simple as you know, somebody gets on stage and their mic is muted or, you know, you're just not paying attention and the fader's not up. I mean, those are things that are obvious and it kind of goes without saying, but it still happens, you know. Sure. And so for me, I, I really, it, it's really important for me not to miss a cue. Um, and that's that's something that is just sort of basic kind of 101 level. Um, and then, you know, in terms of mixing, I think... You know, I really want, um, in terms of the mix itself, I don't want to be distracting. So uh, sometimes, you know, I've, I've heard mixes where it's obvious that during sound check there was this sort of um, additive approach to working your way down the console. So we start with kick drum. Okay, kick, 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 kick. And we get the kick sounding what we think is great, and then we just sort of work our way down the console and add things to it. And by the time we get to the vocals or get to the end of the console in our input list, uh, we just sort of piled everything on top of each other. And there's no, there's no real separation or clarity or um, distinctiveness about our mix because we sort of added everything to the kick drum. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the kick drum becomes this, you know, why is this kick drum just beating me over the head? Well, you know, as my good friend Robert Scoville says, nobody goes home humming the kick drum. Sure. So, <laughs> you know, how can we, how can we approach it in a different way? So, you know, I would just challenge guys. Hey, we can all agree that in a worship set, the vocal is probably the most important thing. Mm-hmm. So it's the one that's, you know, clarifying the melody of the song. It's clarifying the lyric. It's it's what's leading people. So for me, when I'm doing a sound check, I want that vocal mic to always be on and up in my mix, even even if the singer's not on stage. Hmm. So that when I'm sound checking drums or when I'm trying to get the band 
in shape. You know, I'm I'm hearing that in the context of this open vocal mic. So sure. so my drums are kind of happening. I love drums, and I'm not saying drums aren't important, but I don't want to build a mix with my drums and add the band to it and be real satisfied, then push up the vocal fader at the end of that process and go, oh no, what happened to my drum sounds? Huh. You know, I want to make I want to make the band sound great while that vocal mic is there. So sure. in the local church setting, that might be that the that the worship leader's mic is is the one he's the one who's leading sound check. If not, if it's if the singers are backstage and they're working on parts and the band is kind of sound checking first, then whoever's driving sound check, whether it's a, a monitor person or, you know, a stage manager or something like that, I want them to be on the worship leader's vocal mic during that process so that I can start clarifying the, the tone of the mic, mm-hmm. um, start maybe making some EQ adjustments. But for sure, volume-wise, I want to make sure that that mic is on and up sure. the whole time. So uh, th- things like that. But then in terms of the emotional side of, of that journey, you know, I want to I wanna obviously make sure that I know the songs so that, um, you know, especially if it's a new song, um, I'm aware of the arrangement and the parts that are being played so that I can try to find what's the, what's the thing in the song that's really driving. So, for example, in the song um, Angel Armies, um, there's this real distinctive guitar hook that is part of the intro of the song and every turnaround between the chorus and the verse. Sure. You know, so there's this this guitar lick that everybody knows if they've heard the song on the radio. Right. So obviously that's going to be the thing that I'm going to hang on to um, during the song so that I can, you know, make sure everybody is on board with that song. So at that point, acoustic guitar is not going to be the thing that is driving the mix, even though the worship leader and the guy whose name is on the ticket is standing down front with an acoustic. Right. You know, he and I agree that his acoustic is not the thing that's that's driving the song so just being aware of things like that you know in some songs it's piano driven some songs it it is acoustic driven sometimes it's the tracks or some other keyboard part that is the hook so for an operator to just be aware that you know the console is your instrument in the same way that somebody's playing keys or playing guitar or singing you know you're playing these faders and to not be to not be afraid to engage to to try to find those places in the song where, hey, if I if I boost this guitar part during this thing, it's really gonna emotionally impact people. You know, that's that's what music is. And so, you know, to approach it as a musician as much as you do as a technician, I think is is hugely important. So sure. I'm I'm trying to take people on a musical journey and and helping them experience things that way. Sure. So I know that's a super long answer <laughs> and a lot of rabbit trails, but no, it's good. I, I, Hopefully there's a couple things in there that can help people. Yeah, and I mean, there's some super good practical tips right there. I wrote down two that i got to even talk with my team today about probably. <laughs> but um, I'd like to unpack a little bit. You you mentioned, you know, knowing that the that the riff is coming up for Angel's Armies. Um, I, I, I've run into sound guys before who, um, maybe not intentionally, but they don't necessarily, like, prep the music before they come like they don't really have a good sense of what the songs are doing they kind of just come and mix what the band is doing which may be great 
But yeah. could, you, could you maybe speak to like what does that prep look like for? Like, sure. So I think I think there's a couple things that play there. One is on on the technical side, on the on the mixers side. I think we have great tools like Planning Center or other other service planning, um, you know, prep things that we use to to schedule people and to you know the to make sure the band has the songs that we're doing this week. Well, as as the technician. I want that same information. So I need to be included on any of those MP3s that are sent out or any of the stuff, you know, if we're introducing a new song and the band has to learn it, they're going to probably get a recording of it. Yeah. So the, I would say to a worship leader, hey, make sure that your tech team is included in that. So the guy who's mixing, but then also the person who's running lyrics or the person who's running lights. Let's all be familiar with this song so that we can all be a part of, you know, knowing what we're walking into. Sure. Um, you know, and especially for a new song, you know, the person running lyrics, it's not, it's not only their job to make sure that there's words on the screen, but <clears throat> Hey, for a new song, I need to anticipate those, those slides a little bit so that as people are engaging and trying to sing along and trying to read along that the words are there a little early on a new song so mm -hmm. that there's confidence in, Oh, I'm not going to miss this lyric. I don't know the song. So what's coming next? So we need to train our operators to engage in that way a little better. Sure. And then from the stage side, I would encourage the band and the worship leaders to really to care more about arrangements and the parts that we're playing. I think too many times, you know, a band will walk on stage and they'll think that the win for them is, hey, I played all the right chords at the right time. Right. But I played all the time. You know, it's like just standing up there banging out chords is not really what we're tasked to do. We're really supposed to be making music. And so maybe we say to our guitar player, hey, w what would happen if you didn't come in till the chorus? Like if if you just laid out the whole first verse and let our other electric player kind of hang on to this sort of muted rhythm part. And then in the chorus, you just come in with these power chords that just really enhance what we're doing or. Sure. Hey, what happens if what happens if you focus more on what you don't play versus what you play? Sure, you know, and really crafting an arrangement as a band. That's one thing that Chris's guys do so well is not only parts wise, but even tone wise. You know, we all have been in a situation where we're trying to mix, and we're trying to find clarity between the vocal, the acoustic guitar, the electric guitar, and the keyboard because they're all occupying the same sonic space. Right. You know, some of that we can do with EQ and compression and panning, but some of it, you know, I can't fix an out of tune guitar in my, with, with my EQ knobs. Right. right. So sometimes it's just a simple thing of man, guitar players, check your tuning before every song, just to make sure that you're not doing anything that I can't undo. And then parts wise, you know, let's really be, be strategic about making sure that tone wise and part wise, we're not doing stuff that's going to step on each other because I can only do so much mm -hmm. as a mixer with poorly played parts. Sure. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that probably segues into, um, can you tell us in September we're going to be out at Sweetwater? Like what's the heart behind that? What's, what do you guys got going on? Yeah. So we're doing an event called Worship Connect, which is basically, um, we, we did one last year and we're, we're kind of doing version 2.0 this year. We're going to be at Sweetwater's Performance Theater uh, September 29th and 30th, and we are um, trying to bring techs and musicians together in the same room 
to talk about some of these things. And so I'll be there with the guys from Chris's band and uh, Christy Knuckles, uh, who's an incredible worship leader and songwriter and artist in her own right, and Todd Fields, who's the worship pastor at North Point Community Church in Atlanta. We're going to be there together, just trying to unpack some of these ideas in person. Sure. So as a technician, I'll be there to talk about how I'm approaching the mix, and the band guys will talk about how they approach parts and arrangements. And then worship leaders are going to talk about you know how they how they do transitions, how they lead people, how they choose set lists for their worship, uh, you know, events and weekends and church services. So just going to be real practical. It's designed for church teams to come together. Um, and then we'll have extensive Q&A and uh, questions for attendees to work on during meal breaks. And, you know, we really want it to be practical and um, just give people uh, tools with handles on them that they can take back to their churches and start getting better at what they do sure. starting this week. And then we'll talk also on the heart side, just about about the relational side of building a bridge between the booth and the stage and how we communicate with each other as, as techs try to communicate with artists and the other way around. Sometimes that's a foreign language. So we need to come up with common language to communicate with each other. So we'll talk about that. You know, we want it to be super practical and um, really effective. Sure. Was there, I guess, what was the big takeaway when you guys did it last year? Like, was there something that surprised you about just the people you were talking to or anything like that? You know, I, I really think that it surprising to me was how much the, the second half of, uh, the sort of the, the technical side of the coin is one thing, but the relational and, and team and leadership side of the coin was something that people really, wanted to dig deep in. Sure. And I think that, that was that was something that wasn't surprised me. It really encouraged me actually because I think people walked away with man, we really do need to have some different kind of conversations with our teams. And right. um you know, more of the like how are we being strategic in the way that we lead together and you know, how can we partner with each other instead of having this sort of us and them approach between musicians and techs. Those those were the conversations that were most encouraging to me because it was it seemed like that was kind of a hunger that people had that maybe they couldn't identify before. So we were able to put words to some of the tension that they feel, and they were able to hopefully you know move the needle toward a more positive. Uh, you know, the church should be the most effective place to build those kind of bridges. And sometimes you know you walk into a church and there's just this tension between the booth and the stage and we should do relationships better than anybody else. And, you know, it's not as good as most people have in their workplace. So it's, you know, I think it's an important conversation. We need to keep it going and, sure. you know, find ways to, to build those bridges. Yeah, no, that's a big deal. Um, I'm trying to think too, like, do you have any, like maybe give some advice towards like when we talk about how important it is for us to be, um, intentional about like relationships and leadership and all that. But a lot of times the grind of getting to the next weekend really yeah. takes precedence. You got, how can someone get their eyes up above that? Yeah, it's really tough because I, I get it. Sunday's coming and you know, we're, we are supposed to focus on the people who are attending and maybe bringing friends and coming for the first time. And so I, I totally, I get that. I think from the technical side, you know, I think it starts with, simple things with preparation that we can do to um, 
you know, be available for relationship. In other words, I want to, you know, when I'm, when I'm getting ready for a sound check or a rehearsal, you know, let's say, let's say we have our, well, at North Point, for example, we have our, our sound checks on Wednesday nights. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, the band will come in and, you know, be ready for sound check right after dinner on Wednesday. Well, for the tech team, you know, sound check for them really starts on Tuesday or whatever the analogy is. But, sure. you know, I want to make sure that everything's patched and line checked, make sure that there aren't any buzzes or hums, make sure that, uh, you know, gain structure is set as close as we can get it so that when the band comes in, they're not waiting on us. Sure. You know, we're too many times. I think we, we try to start a sound check and the tech team is running around like headless chickens trying to get stuff plugged in. And, I want to be able to have that done enough in advance so that when the band comes in, I can be there to greet them. Hey, how are you doing? Man, I know you've been struggling this week. I've been praying for you. You know, how's your wife doing? Whatever it is, to connect relationally yeah. so that when things do go wrong and you have to troubleshoot something, you know, there's enough of a relationship there so that the musician will go, oh man, this, is, this never happens. What's going on? How can I help? Hmm. And we can work together to solve problems. Yeah. You know, but I... You can't expect somebody to be willing to do that when you don't know their kids' names. Sure. Right? So I think the the only way that that can be effective is through relationship. And so I want to, you know, and and also that doesn't happen in the heat of the moment. You know, you have to have, like on tour sometimes, we'll have what we call, you know, bus time where, hey, for, you know, where we're traveling to the next place or we have an off day or whatever, you know, we have time set aside where, hey, we can't talk about gigs, we can't talk about gear. We're going to talk about something else, hobbies, your family, you know, whatever, so that there's this relational capital that we're building with each other um, so that I know who I'm working with and who I'm who I'm in doing life with. Sure. So I guess to the analogy to a church world is, you know, where's your, where's your crew bus? Hmm. You know, where's that time that you're going to unplug and just set aside time to have community and fellowship. And that's going to that's gonna make a difference right away in the way that we interact. Yeah. So preparation, you know, I don't want to ever, I don't want the band to ever see me run. <laughs> I don't want them to ever see me, like I don't want them to ever be waiting on me. Sure. Because I want to be there to serve them. And, you know, sometimes that bridge happens first with us. You know, we, I want to, I want to be there to humbly serve the vision of the, of, of the whole team sure. and, you know, build a bridge starting with me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that's great. Got a, um, a question from our community. They're asking, um, I think this might be super helpful. It says as a touring professional, when you're coming into a venue or even a church, like, uh, are there things you like, what, what, what is the most, like, are, are you most blessed by if you show up at a church and they have this set up? Like what, how can they set you up for success if they're bringing you in? Man, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, it's amazing. Simple things like, did they, <laughs> did they read the rider? You know, mm. did is is the stage clear? Is, you know, is their stuff from? It happens. It actually happens a lot, like with a Christmas tour, because sure. most of our Christmas tour dates are in churches, and so we'll go into a church, and they're they're trying to set up for their Christmas stuff too, mm-hmm. and so, you know, we're we're coming in and. You know, maybe they need to clear off some of their set pieces to get ready for us, or 
you know, they've the worst thing is to walk into a church and see their 18 Christmas trees and their choir risers and stuff <laughs> are still on stage and right. we're trying to load in. You know, so that kind of thing. And just, I think um, what's most honoring is honestly just um, people who are there to host us who are willing to help and, you know, willing to, you know, to just serve serve the tour. I mean, it's a two-way street, though. We're, you know, we're relying on volunteers and we're relying on, you know, their staff to pull off a lot of work in just a little bit of time. So sure. I think just a cooperative heart and an attitude to, to kind of serve each other is, is really the best place to start. Yeah, that's great. Um, other questions, we can kind of wrap it up here, but um, how can our community be praying for you guys as you're going out and everything you guys got going on? Man, that's a great question. Thank you for that. I think um, this 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 translates to week in week out church world too. I think as as techs and as production teams, we forget sometimes some of the weight that our leadership is carrying. Mm. You know, worship teams, worship leaders, senior pastors, they're walking in with a lot of stuff that they have to I mean, they're whether it's you know trying to remember everything that they want to say, or they're trying to introduce a new song and really want to kind of move people and take people on a journey. You know, they're they're walking into a room of you know a couple hundred to many thousands of people that they're they're responsible for. You know, and so I think for us to to pray for our worship leaders and to pray for our pastors as technicians. I mean. Hmm. A lot of us, you know, it's easy to forget that because we're we're looking down at faders and knobs and trying to execute our own stuff. So, um, in terms of how people can encourage us, I think that would be the first thing: pray for Chris, continue to pray for good songs, continue to pray for God to give him vision to write songs that give people a voice to worship. That's that's his life mission, and I think you know for people to partner with him in that way would be a huge encouragement to him. Yeah. Um, and then and then for those of us who are on the crew side, you know, honestly, safety and energy and mm-hmm. sleep, I mean, those are super practical things that, you know, we forget sometimes, but it really is a grind. Sure. And, you know, so, you know, luckily we're on a bit of a break right now. And so, you know, we have time with our families and we have um, – the ability to take take a break and rest and and recover, but during the during the tour season, it really is, you know, an encouragement to know that people are are praying for you and and cheering you on. So yeah. thanks for that. That's great. That's great. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you are at all excited about Worship Connect, head over to thechurchcollective.com, hit that events tab, find the Sweetwater button, and go sign up. There's space is limited, and it, it might be sold out by the time you're listening to this. So make sure to go over there and get signed up, and we would love to meet you there. God bless you today.